Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of June 23. In the news. It has been over a week now that all humanitarian aid and cargo into Artsakh has been suspended by Baku. PACE resolution condemns Azerbaijan and expresses surprise that Baku refuses to acknowledge the serious humanitarian and human rights consequences of the blockade. And the chair of the European Parliament Subcommittee on Security and Defense visits the Lachin Corridor, calls the blockade illegal, and says Baku must ensure the rights and well-being of the Armenians of Artsakh. Today is the eighth day of the total blockade and siege of Artsakh. As we reported last week, following the closure of the Hakkari Bridge, the only lifeline between Artsakh and Armenia, Baku has banned the International Committee of the Red Cross from transporting patients who are in urgent need of medical attention, and even the Russian peacekeepers from delivering any kind of humanitarian aid to the 120,000-strong population of Artsakh. This has led to a flurry of diplomatic activity, with a number of international bodies condemning the actions of Baku. On June 22, the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe, otherwise known as PACE, adopted a resolution on the situation in the Lachin Corridor prepared by Irish parliamentarian Paul Gavin. The resolution stated that Azerbaijan has the responsibility to protect and ensure the safety of everyone living within its internationally recognized borders. PACE called on Azerbaijan to comply with the February 22 order of the International Court of Justice that is to take all measures at its disposal to to ensure unimpeded movement of persons, vehicles, and cargo along the Lachin Corridor in both directions. The Assembly also expressed its surprise on how the Azerbaijani leadership does not acknowledge the very serious humanitarian and human rights consequences stemming from the present situation. And Maria, here I'm going to cite you, like, I'm surprised that they're surprised. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be our motto. (laughs) Yes. Well, the Assembly also called on Azerbaijan to invite the Council of Europe delegation to visit the Lachin Corridor and Nagorno-Karabakh for a fact-finding mission and to assess the situation on the ground. And on June 21, the head of the EU mission in Armenia, Marcus Ritter, and head of the EU delegation to Armenia, Ambassador Andrea Viktorin, welcomed European Parliament Subcommittee on Security and Defense Chair Natalie Loiseau and her delegation at the CCN airfield to join the EU monitoring mission, otherwise known as EUMA, for a planned patrol to the Lachin Corridor. Well, why? Because the situation escalated on the Hakkari Bridge last week when Azerbaijani armed forces tried to advance into Armenian territory and were pushed back by Armenian forces. Earlier, on June 15, Azerbaijan closed the checkpoint on the bridge, blockading all transfers of medicine and food into Artsakh, and we're on the eighth day of this complete total blackout you blockade. Know, uh, I, I'm just going to interrupt here for a minute. I was looking at uh, some photos from this couple that I know that lives in Artsakh with their young child. Even though we know that the reality of the potential catastrophe that's you know that's at our doorstep really really hit home and it was uh, it is going to be humanitarian catastrophe if this issue is not resolved you know some produce was trickling down kind of uh, sure uh, even though uh, the russian peacekeepers were making money off of that and people were not dying necessarily because they were able to come to armenia through the icrc yes but now even that has stopped Well, uh, during a press conference that same day, the chair of the Security and Defense Subcommittee, Loiseau, announced that the blockade of the Lachin Corridor is, quote, illegal and must be stopped. The rights and well-being of the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh must be protected and the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Armenia must be respected, she said. She went on to say that they have heard about the recent incidents on the border and have seen the situation with their own eyes, adding that as much as Armenia is devoted to peace, Azerbaijan is obliged to present 
evidence that it is also devoted to peace. She also reaffirmed that European Parliament supports the idea of sending an international fact-finding mission to the Lachin Corridor. Earlier in her meetings with Armenia's Prime Minister and Secretary of the Security Council, both sides, that is Loiseau and the Armenian side, emphasized the importance of their bilateral relationship as well as the EU's contribution to the establishment of regional peace. And this week, during the 53rd session of the UN Human Rights Council, which convened in Geneva on June 19, the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Volker Turk, emphasized the importance of free and safe movement through the Lachin Corridor and the need to avoid any humanitarian impact on civilians. A little too late for that. Well, Artak Beklarian, uh, the advisor to the state minister of Artsakh, warned that Nagorno-Karabakh will run out of food and medicine in a matter of days if relief supplies are not restricted. Stored. He mentioned that there is already a shortage of medicine, gasoline, and diesel. Health authorities in Stepanakert have also reported that local hospitals have suspended non-urgent surgeries due to the shortage of drugs and other medical supplies. A total of 175 critically ill patients and their family members are now awaiting to be transported to hospitals in Armenia. Only vehicles escorted by the Russian Peacekeeping Forces and the International Committee of the Red Cross were previously granted access through the Lachin Corridor for the last seven months that was the case and is no longer. Right. Armenia's Minister of Health, Anait Avanesian, said that there are patients currently in Artsakh, like you said, uh, Rubina, whose treatment is only available in Armenia. She noted that while the hospital in Stepanagert is well equipped and has a team of specialists, there are a number of procedures that can only be done in Yerevan. Laura Kelly, the governor of Kansas, visited Armenia to mark the 20th anniversary of Kansas-Armenia State Partnership and to strengthen ties between Kansas and Armenia. Governor Kelly was joined by U.S. Brigadier General Michael Venerdi on his first visit to Yerevan. Since being appointed as adjutant general for the state of Kansas, Venerdi also visited Yeraplur military pantheon in Yerevan and paid tribute to the memory of the fallen soldiers who sacrificed their lives for their country. The members of the delegation also visited the Armavir military training center to get acquainted with the history, structure, and the activities of the center. The governor and the brigadier general also had separate meetings with Prime Minister Minister Pashinyan and Defense Minister Suren Babikian. Both sides expressed their will and desire to strengthen ties between Armenia and the state of Kansas. They also hoped for further cooperation in economy, agriculture, and military education. And as a reminder, in 2003, Armenia signed an agreement with the state of Kansas and the U.S. Department of Defense to establish the Kansas-Armenia State Partnership Program. Under the program, the Kansas National Guard worked with the Armenian Ministry of Defense on various joint initiatives, including military training, emergency preparedness, and more. Over the past week, the defense ministries of Armenia and Artsakh have had to repeatedly call out the false accusations being made by Baku that Armenian forces were violating the ceasefire regime. These accusations were almost always followed by Azerbaijani forces opening fire on Armenian combat positions, and they did so in several areas in Verin Shorja, Sotk, Gahakni, Nerkinhand, and Sirashen. The Artsakh Defense Ministry also reported that Azerbaijani forces opened fire on June 22 in the direction of Martagert region, wounding serviceman Meher Hagopian. Azerbaijani troops also opened fire at a residential house in the village of Chankatak in nagorno karabakh as well as firing at a farmer working in his tractor in the village of Jartar. The metallurgical plant being constructed in Yeras, which is a village 55 kilometers south of Yerevan, as we've reported, 
reported has come under cross-border fire on virtually a daily basis for the past week amid heightened tensions at various sections of the Armenia-Azerbaijani border. Two Indian nationals, again as we reported last week, who were working there were seriously wounded on June 14. At the time, the U.S. State Department expressed serious concern over the gunfire from the direction of Azerbaijan targeting the U.S.-affiliated company and several dozen foreign diplomats, including the ambassador of France, Germany, and China made a point of visiting Gerasch on June 15. And this week, on June 20, the company hoisted the flags of Armenia and the United States at the construction site, which again is several hundred meters from the Armenia-Azerbaijan state border. Its chief executive, Diran Hagopian, said, quote, we will carry on with the work regardless of whether or not they shoot at us. And according to the Armenian Defense Ministry, Azerbaijani forces again opened fire at the Yerasch site late in the afternoon, hours after the flag-hoisting ceremony. Baku denied those claims. On June 21, World Refugee Day, Armenia's foreign ministry once again called on strong international engagements to address the existential challenges facing the people of Nagorno-Karabakh amid the policy of ethnic cleansing by Azerbaijan. The following day, the Armenian government approved a bill that will provide an additional 2.9 billion drams to Nagorno-Karabakh in the form of an interstate loan to help mitigate the social tension in Artsakh in the post-war period. The loan money comes from the tax revenues of the 23-state budget. The European Commission Against Racism and Intolerance released its sixth report on Azerbaijan this week. The report states that Azerbaijan continues to propagate racist stereotypes and perpetuate animosity. The report also talked about the presence of discriminatory language toward Armenians in Azerbaijani school textbooks. The ECRI report also says it is deeply concerned that the use of hate speech linked to the long-lasting conflict and confrontations with the neighboring country Armenia has been observed among young people in and outside schools and could eventually provide a breeding ground for further hostilities. The report also expresses concern about the Baku Trophy Park, where Armenian military personnel and equipment are portrayed very negatively. This is a direct quote from the report. It also reflected on the numerous graphic accounts of violence against Armenians during or after the 2020 Arsakh War. A senior official from the Russian Foreign Ministry, Sergei Paldov, announced that Russia is planning to open a consulate in the Sunni region. The proposal, according to him, was welcomed by Prime Minister Pashinyan during his recent meeting with Putin. Paltov said that the mission will provide consular services to Russian nationals residing in Armenia's southern region. The presence of diplomats along with the Russian soldiers already in Sunik will serve as a, quote, additional insurance net. And as we know earlier, Iran also opened a consulate general in Gapan in Sunik. And more from official Moscow, Maria Zakharova, Russian foreign ministry spokesperson, said that Russia calls on Baku to take steps to completely unblock the Lachin Corridor for humanitarian purposes and not to hold Karabakh's population hostage to political disagreements with Yerevan. She went on to say that Moscow can continues trying to restore the supply of food, medicine, and other essential items to Artsakh. She also called on Armenia. This is very telling, Rubina. She also called on Armenia not to withdraw from work in the trilateral format, meaning Armenia, Azerbaijan, Russia, stating that, quote, the interruption of Yerevan's activities has a negative impact on the situation in the region and leads to the aggravation of the situation on the ground. Yes, it is very telling. No comment. Zakharova also commented on the possible opening of the Turkish consulate in Shushi, stating that while they understand the sensitivity of the matter for Armenia, the opening of the consulate remains a topic of bilateral relations, in this case between Baku and Ankara. 
Zakharov also denied any accusations about the actions of the Russian peacekeepers. This was specifically about their actions on the Hakari Bridge, where there's video evidence of them... Basically building a human shield so that the Azerbaijanis can uh, can try, Mm -hmm. yeah, and Armenians wouldn't shoot. Right. So she denied accusations about the actions of the Russian peacekeepers, calling them, quote, absolutely groundless and unfounded. The accusations were made following Azerbaijan's attempts, as I said, to advance and also to place their flag on Armenian territory. She added that Russian peacekeepers are, quote, doing a good job of stabilizing the situation. Well, we've had seven months of blockade of the Lachin Corridor. Now, eight months of total, total... You know, I was talking to someone earlier, Rubina, and I was asking, is there another minority that lives in a repressive authoritarian state that is under total blockade on the Eurasian continent, in Europe, in Asia, in South America, in any part of the world? And what did they say? No. Well, uh, from whatever angle you look at it, uh, let's say as the international community keeps saying it, that Nagorno-Karabakh is an international recognized part of Azerbaijan, is they're allowing Azerbaijan to do this to their own citizens, presumably, or people living on their own territories in this case. If it's not recognized, let's deal with it differently or let's address the situation. But just to leave 120,000 people hanging and in fear of starvation and death by diseases that no longer people die from. Right. Well, there you go. Well, so apparently... According to your favorite person, Zakharova, I mean, we're not acting very professional here, but it's been one of those decades, I would say, that the Russian peacekeepers are doing a good job of stabilizing the situation and blame the incident uh, near the Hakari Bridge on the fact that the Armenian-Azerbaijani border is not delimited or demarcated. Well, Armenia's foreign ministry spokesperson, Ani Badalian, responded to Zakharova's statement and urged all parties of the November 9 declaration to steadily implement their commitments instead of seeking justifications. She went on to say that Zakharova's statement about the lack of clarity on the border is the same line used by Azerbaijani authorities to justify their aggressive actions against the sovereign territory of Armenia, and um, this is correct. <laughs> Well, on June 20, the Special Parliamentary Commission investigating the 2020 Artsakh War summoned Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan to testify. During his statement, Pashinyan admitted that he could have stopped the war three weeks before the ceasefire was brokered by Russia on November 9. He claimed that he rejected an earlier truce because it was even less favorable for the Armenian side amid continuing statements by opposition politicians and other critics holding him primarily responsible for Azerbaijan's victory in the six-week war that left at at least 3,800 Armenian soldiers dead. The commission was set up last year with the stated aim of examining the causes of Armenia's defeat, assessing the actions of the Armenian government and its armed forces, and looking into what had been done for national defense before the hostilities began. It has since questioned dozens of current and former government officials as well as military brass. Pachinya noted that the October 2020 deal that he rejected envisioned an extraterritorial corridor that would connect Azerbaijan to its Nakhit Javan exclave through Armenia's unique region. He blamed Armenian army officers for the fall of Shushi, saying that they falsely denied reports about Azerbaijani troops capturing the strategic town. Pashinyan said he was taken aback when at that time the general in command of Armenian forces in Shushi, Onik Kasparyan, informed him on November 7, this is two days before the ceasefire was 
declared that the town was no longer under Armenian control. Kasparian appeared before the Parliamentary Commission last month. His testimony has not been publicized. During his testimony, Pashinyan said that he was opposed to Russian peacekeepers being stationed in Meri so that Nakhichevan could be connected to Azerbaijan. The president of Azerbaijan proposed adding a clause about enclaves in Davos to the peace treaty, he said, but I refuse to sign. The chair of the committee, Andani Kocharian, said that the committee will soon summon Nagorno-Karabakh president Arai Karutunyan and other high-ranking officials as well. And continuing in the same vein, uh, the postponed Washington meeting between the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan will indeed take place next week. This was confirmed by Prime Minister Pashinyan during a government session yesterday. U.S. State Department Principal Deputy Spokesperson, that's an interesting title, uh, Verdant Patel said that they look forward to hosting another round of talks in Washington soon as the parties continue to pursue a peaceful future in the South Caucasus. Patel also commented on Lavrov's accusations, claiming that Washington is trying to push Russia out of the region, stating that if Russia thinks they can play a constructive role, they are welcome to do so. The Armenian National Committee of America said in a June 21 message that 54 U.S. congressmen, led by Barbara Lee, sent a letter to Secretary of State Antony Blinken demanding Joe Biden's administration stop, suspend all military aid to Azerbaijan, support Artsakh, and, quote, oppose Azerbaijan's blockade of Artsakh and anti-Armenian aggression. The Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission of the U.S. Congress held a hearing on June 22 on safeguarding the people of Nagorno-Karabakh. The congressmen and scholars speaking during the hearing urged the Biden administration to pressure Azerbaijan to end the blockade of Lachin Corridor. Congressman Frank Pallone emphasized the dire consequences that the blockade has created for the people of Artsakh. As other members and witnesses have clearly stated, this is a man-made crisis purposefully created by the Aliyev regime to severely worsen the quality of life for the people of Artsakh. Said. Congressman Adam Schiff also made comments calling on the U.S. government to support the people of Nagorno-Karabakh and to condemn Azerbaijani ceasefire violations. He emphasized that the Armenians of Nagorno-Karabakh are facing genocidal threats and that the authoritarian regime of Aliyev cannot guarantee their security as it has organized a number of atrocities against Armenians of Artsakh. Other speakers also highlighted the importance of using diplomatic leverage that the U.S. has to help stabilize the situation. They also stated the need for the U.S. to stop the sale of military equipment to Azerbaijan, emphasizing that ethnic cleansing of the Armenians of Kharapakh is unacceptable. But as we saw in Yerach, the U.S. flag is not stopping Azerbaijan from uh, shooting in our direction. Well, Former U.S. Senator and former United States Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom, Sam Brownback, has called on U.S. lawmakers to introduce a Nagorno-Karabakh Human Rights Act that would stipulate the standards of protecting the security of the Armenian population of Nagorno-Karabakh. Armenian Defense Minister Suren Babikian met with French Minister of Armed Forces Sebastian Lecornu to discuss closer military ties between the two countries. The minister spoke about the developments of earlier agreements between Armenia and France and also discuss the security situation in the South Caucasus. No further details were disclosed from that meeting. And also this week, the delegation led by the chief of the general staff of the Armenian Armed Forces, First Deputy Minister of Defense, Major General Edward Asarian, visited Germany to attend the annual conference of European armies. On the first day of the conference, Asarian had an informal meeting with the chief of the staff of the U.S. Army, General James McConville. In the course of the conference, Asarian held a number of meetings with European partners. On June 20, President of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, received the foreign ministers of the 
CSTO member states. Uh, this was within the framework of the session on the Council of Foreign Ministers. Armenia's Foreign Affairs Minister Arat Mirzoin referred to the tense situation in and around Nagorno-Karabakh, including provocations of Azerbaijan. In the area of responsibility of the Russian peacekeeping troops, the incident that took place near the Hakari Bridge, as well as the humanitarian issues resulting by the illegal blockade of the Lachin Corridor that has been going on for more than six, seven months, and the deepening risk of ethnic cleansing by Azerbaijan. Lukashenko said that Armenia is making justified claims. Let's take a moment to... To appreciate this. Yes. Uh, let's include these issues in the agenda and resolve them, he said. If we help resolve the conflict on the Tajik-Kirkis border, if we start uh, solving this issue, they will be grateful, he said. People will stop dying and these countries will always be grateful to us. Lukashenko said that the same goes for the most difficult problem of Azerbaijan and Armenia. Azerbaijan is converting the Church of the Holy Ascension of Berzor into a mosque. This was a warning by the State Service for the Protection of Historical Environment of Artsakh. Historical usurpation, destruction of cultural identity, religious intolerance, falsification, said a post on the service's Facebook page. On June 21, Azerbaijani soldier Hussein Akhundov, accused of killing an Armenian employee of the Zangezur copper molybdenum plant in Armenia, was sentenced to 20 years in prison by an Armenian court. As a reminder, on April 10... Another Azerbaijani soldier, Akshin Babirov, was found and arrested on Armenian territory. Two days later, on April 12th, the body of the employee of the Zangezur plant was discovered. The day after, on April 13, this Hussein uh, Ahundov was found and arrested in the village of Achanan near the city of Gapan. This is in Armenia's Sunik region. Babirov was sentenced to 11 and a half years in prison. The Azerbaijani serviceman was found guilty of illegally crossing the border, illegally transporting firearms and ammunition across the state border. On June 17, Deputy Prime Minister Mir Grigorian extended an offer to Azerbaijani Deputy Prime Minister Mustafayev to hold a meeting of the Armenia-Azerbaijan Delimitation Commissions. The purpose of the offer is to discuss the current contentious issues which are creating tensions on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border. Three days later, Azerbaijan accepted the offer to convene a meeting. Therefore, the Armenian, Russian, and Azerbaijan deputy prime ministers will hold a new session of this committee of the unblocking of regional transport with the relaunch of the Yeras Julfa Mehri Horadiz railway. I think there will be a trilateral meeting, but there's no agreement yet on the date, Grigorian said. And Russia's Deputy Prime Minister Alexei Overchuk told TASS news agency that as a result of the trilateral meetings between Armenia, Azerbaijan and Russia, a comprehensive draft document has been developed. The document, according to Overchuk, suggests the unblocking of the regional transport communication and relaunching of the Yeras Julfa Meri Horadis Railway, as you said, Maria. But he also stated that the individual parts of the road will be under the jurisdiction of the country on whose territory the roads are located. Yeah, it's kind of like the paper all of this is written on. We keep hearing about this. It's now almost three years since the war. Unless we see real uh, work being done, it's hard to believe anything that's happening. Well, Overchuk added that the draft document has been nearly entirely agreed upon at the deputy prime ministerial level. However, the biggest issue with the unblocking of the road remains the trust just sort of justified what I just said, between the nations, as it is still a question as to how the safety of people will be ensured while traveling to the territory of the other state. So these people could be only be mainly be Azerbaijani 
traveling from one side of Azerbaijan to another side through Armenia. So by the people means if Armenians will attack the Azeris while they're traveling through Armenian territory. He also stated that Russia is Armenia's main trade partner and attributed Armenia's economic boom to this fact, adding that he doesn't even want to think about the possible consequences of a rift between Armenia and Russia, as these are extremely obvious, these consequences. But it's funny, you know, sometimes we get hung on words. So before Russia was Armenia's security partner, now Russia's Armenia's trade partner. And okay, Rubina, you know, this was a heavy week, uh, as most weeks in Armenia and Artsakh are, but there is some happy news, I guess, on June 19 in the Euro 2024 qualifier match, Armenia defeated Latvia 2-1. Earlier, Armenia defeated Wales 4-2 in Euro 2024 qualifier match in Cardiff. Armenia's Grant Leon Ranos and Lucas Zalarian each scored two goals, ensuring Armenia's two-goal advantage and subsequent victory, and everybody was going crazy, Rubina, when, <laughs> especially with the Latvia game, and then with the Wales game, so people were very happy about that. And the French President Emmanuel Macron <laughs> seems like an irrational twist, right? <laughs> Macron approved the pantheonization of Misak Manoushian. Misak Manoushian is an Armenian poet and fighter in World War II who led a small group of resistance fighters and carried out attacks against a Nazi occupation. Manoushian will enter the French Pantheon Mausoleum and join an elite group of France's revered historical figures, said Emmanuel Macron. This was on June 18. Macron added that Manoushian embodies the universal values of France and carries a part of our greatness and as he paid tribute to Manoushian's bravery and quiet heroism. And on that note, that's what the week has been like here in Armenia and Artsakh. Thank you for following. Have a safe and peaceful weekend and we will be back again next Friday. Mm-hmm.